This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. John chapter 16. Hey, if you're new to our church, we are in a series. We are in a series about our beliefs. I am persuaded that what you believe about God is the most important part of who you are. The most important part of who you are is when you think about God, what comes to your mind. I am convinced that right believing leads to right living. In fact, I'll say it this way. You cannot live well or live right until you believe well and you believe right. All of your lifestyle, all of your living stems, its genesis is from your beliefs. In fact, what you believe about God will determine what you believe about yourself. What you believe about God will determine what you believe about others and your relationships. So I am fully convinced that the most important part of who you are is your belief in God. If you missed out on the first two installments of this series, you can go back to Zoe TV. The first week was I believe in God. I believe in God the Father, the God that created the heavens, the God that created the earth. Anybody believe in God today? Like God, God. God, God. Like, which God? God. We believe in God. Last week we talked about we believe in Jesus, the Son of God. And I want to go to the third person of the Trinity today. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The first time in all scriptures that all three of these show up together is at Jesus' baptism. By the way, let me just say this. If you have yet to be baptized, you should get baptized at Zoe Church. Jesus was baptized. Jesus gets baptized. A guy named John the Baptist baptizes him, pulls him up out of the water. And when he comes out of the water, the heavens part, the sky opens, God starts to talk. A dove shows up. It's the form of the Holy Spirit. And now the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at the same place at the same time. We believe that this is now just the beginning of us seeing the Holy Spirit together with the Father and the Son. And we're going to see now how Jesus has promised us the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus keeps hyping this guy up. John 14 through John 16, Jesus is talking about how amazing the Holy Spirit is. Now, listen to his words. He goes, guys, something better than me is coming. Like, I'm just going to be honest. If I was one of the disciples, I would have been like, yeah, right, Jesus, something better than you. You walk on water, you raise the dead, you heal the sick. Remember that one time we was at a party, and you turned the water into wine, that was, that was awesome. Remember that one time all them people, with like 5,000 people were hungry, and you took some fish and some loaves of bread and fed 5,000 men, women, and children. Something better than you is coming. Jesus was so excited about the Holy Spirit that he actually declared he is better than me. He's greater. He'll do something better because Jesus knew how limited he was. Jesus knew he could only be one God at one place at one time. Remember, Jesus would often slip away and the disciples couldn't find Jesus. And and when he came back, they'd be like, Jesus, where did you go? Where where, where were you? Because he could only be one place at one time. Now with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, God could be in us wherever we go, whatever we do. 
He could be with us at all places at all times. Watch here in John 16 what Jesus says about the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, but now I go away. Where's Jesus going? He's going back to heaven. But now I go away to him who sent me, back to the Father. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Because they do not believe in me of righteousness. Because I go to my Father and you see no more. Verse 11, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. Now let's just pause there. One of the things I love about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. The Holy Spirit exists to make much of Jesus and to glorify Jesus. In fact, the way you can see it is the Father makes much of the Son and the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. So everything is all about Jesus. He goes, I'm not even here to glorify myself. Watch this, last verse, 14. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. I want to preach the third installment of this series. The first week, the title was, I Believe in God. Last week, the title was, I Believe in Jesus. Let's get creative this week. I believe in the Holy Spirit. You already knew where I was going. Stop playing games. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's pray. And let's believe that God will come and speak to us and that he'll, he, he will rebuke anybody trying to go to San Diego. Come on, let's pray. <laughs> God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you are kind, and you are loving, and you are good, and you are gracious. Tonight, we're asking you, open up our eyes so we can see you. Open up our ears so we can hear you. Do something unique and profound in these moments and in this setting. We love you so much. God, we are reminding our soul and our situation of who you are. You are who you say you are, and you could do what you said you would do. Thank you, God, for all the good things you got planned for the Valley Campus. And God, we're believing as a church that next year the Dodgers will win the World Series. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together. Come on, put your hands together, Angelinos. Come on, let's clap. Even if you don't care about baseball, clap because it feels good, huh? Um, anybody, by show of hands, you love when somebody helps you out. Let me just see your hand. If you love it when somebody helps you. I love, I always need a lot of, I need a lot of help in my life, okay? I always need, I'm just, my whole life is me, get, I need help. I always need help. I need help with math. Any, anybody need help with math? I need help with science. Anybody need help? I need help. I just need help all of my life. I always need help. It's kind of fun right now because my four-year-old Winston, he is now at the age where he can help out around the house. His attention spans only two minutes, but he can help clean up the toy room. He can help pick up the dishes. He can help a little bit. My wife, this new baby, Clive, Clive is one month. My wife was a little bit disappointed that he came out a boy because she was like, I need a girl. I need a helper around here. I was like, babe, you're out of luck. So, because, you know, the guys aren't really going to help that much. We just, 
Anyways, it's another sermon. But, but the other day, we, my wife and I, we, we were going to hang out with some friends. We were going to have a play date. When you, when you, when you get older and you, and you have kids, you have play dates, okay? So we're having a play date with, with some friends. And, and, and this one guy, one of my friends showed up, and, and he showed up. He has one kid, two nannies. I was like, all right, do you. So one kid, two nannies. So we're having a good time, and I show up with my whole squad. I got four kids, one wife, one nanny. I feel like one nanny, that's a good, that's a good thing to have a nanny. So we, we, have, we have help in our house, one nanny. So we're having a good time. Everybody's together. We're enjoying ourselves, and I start talking to my friend who showed up with the one kid and the two nannies. So he looks out, and he goes, hey, is that your nanny over there? I was kind of proud. I was like, yeah, she's the best. She's so sweet. She's such a big help in our house. We love her. And he's like, he looks at me and he goes, wait, you only have one nanny? And I was like, oh my gosh, only in LA is it inappropriate to only have one nanny. I'm like, where do we live where only having one nanny is not that good? I was like, don't judge me, bro. We good. You're the one that showed up with one kid and two nannies. You got issues, not me. I want to talk tonight around the idea that all you really need is one helper. You need one Holy Spirit. You don't need a bunch of spirits. You need one spirit. It's the ultimate spirit. It's the spirit of the living God that lives within you. Now, I love this. You got to understand. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. The Holy Spirit already resides in your life. The Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit is in your life to help your life. You have the best friend that you could ever imagine. When the Bible says, I'll never leave you and never forsake you, what the Bible's talking about is the Spirit of God is never going to leave your life. The Spirit of God's never going to abandon you. The Spirit of God's never going to leave your life because the Spirit of God is committed to your life. Is there anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God dwells within you is active within you and is here to help you. I love in Acts 19, Acts 19, the leaders of the church get to this this city called Ephesus. And when they get there, Paul's ready to just serve and help this city. And he's like, hey guys, have you um, you guys received the Holy Spirit yet? And the guys in Ephesus are like, we haven't even, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here tonight going like, I don't know that much about the Holy Spirit. I haven't heard of its power, its capability, its function, its role in my life. I'm here tonight to encourage you and to declare who the Holy Spirit is in your life and what he wants to do. Let me give you five things today that I love about the Holy Spirit. Five things that you and I need to understand about the Holy Spirit. Write down number one. I love that he convicts me. Oh, I just love this about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he will come and he will convict the world of sin. I am thankful that when I am in sin, the Holy Spirit convicts me. Now remember, condemnation is from the devil. Condemnation is when you sin and you feel so bad, you can't come to church and you can't go to God. Condemnation is from Satan and it drives you away from God. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit and it points you to God. Listen, if you ever feel convicted about your sin, you ought to be thankful because it means you are not so desensitized. You are not so far gone. You can still feel something. You ever say something bad and you feel bad the next day? You ever do something and the next morning you feel bad about it? That's the Holy Spirit nudging you. That's the Holy Spirit reminding you. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. 
All throughout the scriptures, there were people that failed and they came under great conviction. What about Adam and Eve when they ate the apple? They started to feel that shame and feel that, they started to feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. What about David when he had an affair with Bathsheba and then murdered Uriah the Hittite? What about Jonah when he went the wrong way and disobeyed God's plan for his life? All throughout, what about Joseph's brothers when they sold him into slavery and they came with a great conviction? It is a good thing to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says there's a repentance that leads to death and there is a repentance that leads to life. I want to repent and turn away from my sin. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict me of my sin. Now, this is an encouraging thing that when you and I make mistakes, God does not avoid us. All that sin is, by the way, is missing the mark. It's like taking a jump shot. If you miss the shot, that's all sin is, is missing the mark. So the Holy Spirit talks to us because the Holy Spirit wants us to get it right. Wants us to lit, hit the aim. Hit the aim of integrity. Hit the aim of character. Hit the aim of God's way. Don't get so big on missing sin. God's not so obsessed with your sin. God is obsessed with you getting his ways down, his love down, his plan down. So he talks to us because he's got something better for us. Now, I love it when David made a mistake in the Bible. And David had fallen and made a big mistake. And God's, God's so good. David said, day and night, your hand was heavy on me. In other words, God said, I'm not going to move in your life. I'm not going to let go until we deal with this issue because there's too much goodness in you. Watch here in Psalm 32 what David says about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He said, when I kept silent about my sin, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Sometimes God loves you so much that he's just going to put his hand on your, on your shoulder. Put, he's going to put, put his hand on your life and say, no, we're going to deal with this thing because you're called to something better. I got a greater plan for your life. Oh, I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit doesn't avoid me when I'm making mistakes. The Holy Spirit starts messing with me and talking with me and reminding me and putting his hand on my life because he's calling me to something better. If you feel convicted about where you are right now, you ought to be encouraged. That's a sign God loves you. You feel convicted about your money. You feel convicted about your purity. You feel convicted about your serving. That's a sign God's talking to me. God loves me. God's not mad at you. God's got a plan for you. God's not upset with you. God's pleased with you. He's got something great for you. So I love that God convicts me. It's a sign that I'm not desensitized. It's a sign that I'm not too far calloused, too far gone. I'm still able to hear from the Holy Spirit. So number one, he convicts me. Write down number two, he comforts me. Oh, I love this. I, I don't know about you, but in my house, we've got two bins of blankets. And I never grab, there's bad blankets in my house, there's good blankets in my house. I'm six foot, whatever. And, um, and at my house, I don't grab the little blankets that cover my feet and only make it to like right here. I want the big, comfortable, cozy, fall asleep on. I like to sleep on the couch sometimes. Am I preaching to anybody? So, so I grab the big, comforting blanket. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort you when you go through a trial, when you go 
through a tribulation, when you go through a relationship breakup, when you go through something hard, the Holy Spirit comes in our life. To, he is the comforter. He comforts us when we feel afraid, when we feel doubt, when we feel insecure. Seeing if you're listening. He is the comforter. Watch here. This is the King James Version. Watch what the Bible says about the definition of the Holy Spirit. It says in John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Comforter's coming. It's amazing. You can go through the worst time in your life and still feel the comfort of the Holy Ghost. We've got people in our world just in the last two weeks where, where friends of ours have had husbands die and fathers die. And the one thing I pray over the families is that in the midst of the tragedy, they would somehow get a sense of the comfort of God. I believe that when you're going through the hardest time of your life, the mark of God's love is that he comforts you. In fact, God gives us so much comfort that it actually says he comforts us so we can be a comfort. The reason why you have so much peace is so you can give so much peace. The reason why God has comforted you is so you can come alongside somebody that's broken and hurting and doesn't know the love of God and you can bring peace and tranquility into their world. Anybody tonight, you want to be a comfort, you want to be a blessing, and you want to be a peace in somebody's life. So he comforts me. He is the comforter. He doesn't give me like a little bit of comfort. Last night, I was, on the, I was on the plane flying over. We took a red eye, and they gave us a blanket. Halfway through the flight, it's a 12-hour flight. Halfway through, my blanket's down. I'm like, I want to get comforted. God comes to comfort you in the midst of your mess, in the midst of your storm. So many of us are facing things that we're going, I don't know how I'm going to make this situation work. I don't know how I'm going to make this relationship work. Don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. And if he's not supposed to comfort you, he'll come and convict you. A sign that it's God's will is that he's comforting you. A sign that it's not God's will is that he's convicting you. So he convicts me. He comforts me. Right down number three. He leads me. I just love this. Because all the pressure is off my life. I am no longer the leader of my life. I am now a follower. God is the leader. And how does God lead me? God leads me with sense and feeling and unction and prompting. And I can, I can feel, it always scares me when someone's like, I heard the audible voice of God. I'm like, for real? What did it sound like? Because that's not how God talks to me. God talks, I can sense it. I can feel it. He leads me. I'll never forget when I was 18, God led me to move to Los Angeles. And I moved to L.A. at 18 years old. I stayed here until 2004. And then I sensed I was supposed to go back to Seattle. And I moved to Seattle. I lived there for another 10 years. And then all of a sudden, I sensed I was supposed to come back to L.A. I sensed I was supposed to start Zoe, Zoe Church. I sensed I was supposed to start Zoe College. I sensed I was supposed to start Zoe Conference. You're saying, does everything have a Zoe? No, I got Clive, you know, Winston and all the kids too. But... I sense stuff that God was asking me to do. God will lead you. The question is never if God's going to lead you. The question is, are you going to surrender to follow? 
It is so hard to lead somebody that doesn't want to be led. So the privilege we have is just to say, Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? Where are you taking me? In fact, one of the signs that the Holy Spirit is in your life is that we stop following the flesh and we now start obeying the Spirit. We are no longer slaves to the flesh. We don't live to fulfill the flesh's desire. Whatever the flesh wants, whatever it wants to spend, whatever it wants to look at, whatever it wants to do. No, 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 I, I'm, li- I'm led by the Spirit. I'm Spirit-filled and I'm Spirit-led. The Spirit of God gets to lead my finances. The Spirit of God gets to lead my lifestyle. The Spirit of God gets to s- decide where I go and what I do. I'm led by the, the Holy Spirit wants to lead me. I just love this. Uh, recently, I've been watching this TV show. I'm from Seattle, so we fell in love with this guy. I don't know if you know who Marshawn Lynch is, but I love Marshawn Lynch. And Marshawn Lynch was our running back. We should have handed him the ball, the you know, one-yard line, whatever. I don't want It's another message for another day. But, but I love Marshawn Lynch right now. Has a, he's got a TV show on Facebook. And I love this because they used to do this on Punk or like Letterman and stuff. And, and they'll be like, Marshawn will be like in like a, a little, little room with some, some guys and they got the headset on, they're watching somebody and they sent somebody into a store or a restaurant and this person has to do whatever they want them to do. So they'll send them into like the restaurant. They're like, okay, we want you to say this to the waiter. We want you to say this to the person at the register. And then they they made them jump up on the counter and they made them do all this stuff. And there's these three, four people in the back and they're laughing so hard because they're controlling the other person's action. And he can hear them in the ear. He can hear them in the earpiece and they're controlling whatever they want this guy to do. I wonder what your world would look like if you surrendered to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit got to decide whatever he wanted you to do. I want you to go here. I want you to encourage so-and-so. I want you to take care of this issue. Come on. We got to be those that are surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit doesn't just convict me and comfort me. He starts to lead my life. He takes, takes over my life. He's leading me in my decisions. He's leading me in my lifestyle. He's leading me in every area of my life, not just a portion of my life, but all of my life. In fact, the Bible says in Romans that the sons of God are those who are obedient to the Spirit of God. It's proof that we have surrendered to grace. So I love the Holy Spirit because he convicts me, he comforts me, he leads me. Right down number four, he reminds me. Oh, this is so good. The Holy Spirit comes and he just has this ability of reminding me who I really am. He reminds me of the vows and the commitments I have made to God. He reminds me of who I really am in Christ. I am so amazed at how easily we are to forget about the things that we really want to be. We forget about moments at the altar. We forget about decisions we make in church. We forget about so much. That's all right. The Holy Spirit comes to remind you. He reminds you of what God has spoken over your life. He reminds you of the great call that's on you. He reminds you of the decisions you've made at the altar. He reminds you of the things that God has in store. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that has been discouraged and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows up and reminds you of who you really are? He is the best reminder. He is the great reminder. He shows up to remind us not of our sin and our brokenness and our shame and our shortcoming. No, he reminds us of greatness. He reminds us of future potential, calling. He reminds us of these things. The other day I was in a meeting for a long time. We've been meeting for hours. And then all of a sudden, this only happens in L.A. Oh, this is so L.A. We're sitting in this meeting and all of a sudden, my friend jumped up and he goes, all he said, he just goes, he jumped up and he goes, 
parking meter. And you should have seen the whole room. The whole room was like, oh my gosh, no. Like everybody was, like the compassion was just like, everybody understood in that moment, this guy forgot about his parking meter. He was going to get a ticket. The whole room was just like, Like you could just see everybody be like, run, man, run, go. Because most of us, like socially in L.A., like this happens all the time. You'll be hanging out with somebody, and all of a sudden their alarm goes off. And you know that alarm is not like their morning wake up. It's, it's their parking meter. It's like they've been parked for one hour. they got to go feed the meter. I love the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit starts reminding you like an alarm that goes off. He starts just talking to you. No, I've got better things. I've got greater things. I've got calling. I've got destiny. I've got potential. I've got future. I've got plans. I've got greatness. Come on, somebody praise him tonight. If you're thankful, the Holy Spirit, he reminds you, no, 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 no. There's better than this. He convicts me. He comforts me. He leads my life. He reminds me of what Jesus has spoken over me. Some of us forget of moments we've had with God where we said, God, I'll I'll never do that again. And then all of a sudden, you're doing it again, and the Holy Spirit reminds you. Remember you said you'd never do this again? It's not the Holy Spirit beating you up. It's the Holy Spirit reminding you of the call and the great thing that God has for you. You're better than this. It's like an alarm that goes off. Wait a second. God's called me to purpose. God's called me to destiny. Why am I? We can get so caught up, can't we? I need a reminder in my life. How about you? Are you grateful for the Holy Spirit? Here's the last thing, the fifth thing I want to give you tonight. I love this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers me. He gives me the power to live the life I'm called to live. He gives me the power to overcome sin that easily entangles us. He gives me the power to forgive when I don't feel like forgiving myself. He gives me the power to live a righteous life. In my own strength, I fail every time. But we are not those that live off natural ability. Because with the Holy Spirit, we now have supernatural ability. I just love this. Jesus is, he's getting ready to go back to the Father, and he's already defeated death and sin. He's going back to heaven his rightful place. He's like, all right, guys, I know it's been awesome three years. It's been fun. I'm going to go back to heaven, but just a heads up, don't go anywhere until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's like, guys, you stay here in the city. Promise you, I promise you, you will not be able to build a church. You will not be able to build a revival. You will not be able to start a revolution unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's like, guys, you stay here. You tarry here. You wait here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. As it comes on the screen, it says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Saying, guys, you cannot go out and lay hands on the sick and raise the dead and preach the truth and build your life. You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. It is essential because the Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the ability. What kind of a cruel God would only give you desire and never give you ability? To have desire without ability is like watching American Idol tryouts. It's pitiful. You have desire. Come on, church. You ain't got no ability. God, when he comes in your life, he gives you the desire to build a life, the desire to build a legacy, the desire to build a family, the desire to live for God. And he gives you the ability to walk it out. 
you and I need the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, enabling us and empowering us to do what we could never do in our own strength. That's why the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where does our strength come from? Where does our ability come from? It only comes from the Holy Ghost. You can hear Jesus going, guys, trust me. It's going to be so much better. He's going to remind you. He's going to convict you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you power. I, I could never do this stuff, but the power that I'm going to give you through the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm grateful today. I believe in God the Father. I believe in the Son, but I believe in the beautiful third person of the Trinity. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody clap your hands tonight and thank our God. We've got the Spirit of Christ that dwells within us. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.